kids, let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lives of feel good sounds. Oh, Betty in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. She's weird and wonderful Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen She's wearing high heel shoes Got her wings on, too You know I've never seen a better stew Oh, Betty and the Jets Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have stories about bunnies, frogs, Jersey Shore guys on the airplane, some hotel ghosts, and what to do when you have to fart while working on the beverage cart. <laughs> Let's get on with the show. the crew van recently going uh, to London and uh, you know we've been up all night everybody's starting to get a little punchy I started telling stories go figure (laughs) I started talking about some crazy flight attendants and this pilot chimed in and said oh there was this one flight attendant it was a long time ago but uh, this is back when beanie babies were popular you know little tiny stuffed animals people collected them thought they were going to be worth money yeah that worked out really well you know all those people that made a fortune on their beanie baby collections but this flight attendant had uh, all these beanie baby bunnies so they were bunny rabbit beanie babies and she she would put them around the plane you know kind of decorating the plane with with beanie baby bunny rabbits and she said they were her friends and they made her feel better and uh, the passengers liked them she said and they all thought you know it's a little strange but you know seemed worse and then they uh they were laying over in amsterdam and she came down for happy hour in a bunny suit a full-on feet ears <laughs> bunny costume <laughs> During my probation, my first six months in. So it's a scary time. It is. Yeah, and I and I was doing my first transcom between LA and New York. So flew over to LA, I mean sorry, flew over to New York and then laid over for nine hours and then we're going back. And I was and I was I was at I was at door two on the seven five. And we had probably say about four or five guys from the from from the Jersey Shore. Okay. Right? Wait, and you're talking about the TV show or no, just from no, the shore? Guys from the shore, yeah. And these guys were great. I mean, they're, I mean, I mean, they're asking me for, for tequila shots all the time. I say, hey, give me some tequila, right? <laughs> he goes, hey you, hey, you got any gin and tonic? And I, and I, and I was just giving them everything and they, and they were trying to tip me. I said, yeah, we don't accept tips, you know, everything like that. But these guys, you know, they, they really wanted to show their appreciation to me. Well, when we get down to LA, we're still taxiing to the gate. And this couple, you know, their economy decides to get up and start getting their stuff. Yeah. So I say, um, we're still taxing. Can you please sit down? A, open up the overhead bin. 
And I say, we're still on an active taxiway. We're going to need you to sit down. They start walking towards me. So I, un so I unbuckle my, my, my harness and I go walking towards them, meet them in the middle, and I say, we're still taxiing. Put your stuff away. Sit down. And one of the Jersey guys behind me says, hey, you let me out. I'll bust their heads. <laughs> I got a trip to Milan, Italy. I don't get to go there very often and uh, wasn't that familiar with the hotel. And I got to my room and there was no coffee maker. Like almost all the places we stay have a, a coffee, it's usually just a hot water pot and instant coffee. But you know, when you're doing strange trips, when you're in strange time zones and you know, you're only going to take a couple hour nap and then you want to get out there and go see the city. I really like to have my coffee. <laughs> there was no, there was no coffee maker, and the refrigerator was really small. And I literally had to just smack myself, like smack, smack, shame, shame, shame on you. How can you be complaining? You're in Milan, so there's no coffee maker. You know, get over it. So what I did. It's the most pathetic coffee you can ever possibly imagine. I carry instant coffee with me. Just in case there isn't coffee in the room, but there's a coffee pot. And uh, I just ran the hot tap water. You know, it doesn't really get very hot, but I tried to make the instant coffee in the tap water. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's really poor man's coffee. It's just almost not drinkable. But I really, I, you have to work sometimes to not get jaded. And I bet the rich have a real issue with this, you know, on a much grander scale, because, you know, how dare I complain there's no coffee maker in the room when I'm in Milan, you spoiled, spoiled girl. Um, regular position with this Mandarin, new hired yeah. Mandarin speaker. I was working facing forward and, you know, and then so sh out of the blue, we were serving the middle of the cabin. The stinkiest smell of fart came out. All the passengers around were like, oh, I don't know what the heck is that? And then I was like, God, I, I put on my hand and I was like, oh, what the heck? And then she was looking at me like, and what? And she would say with the accent, what? And she started to look at the passengers, what? <laughs> don't you release gases? <laughs> don't you release gases? <laughs> This is a physiological thing, all right? Don't you release gases? <laughs> and I was looking, I was looking at her face, and I was like, "No, I don't believe you did that. You accept, you assume that was you, and just it's a physiological thing." So it was I, her. It was her. I went to the back of the galley, cracking myself. I was oh. laughing for a couple minutes in the back, you know, looking at her face. Whoa! Whoa! Don't you release gases? Don't you release? Okay, so when you have to fart on the cart, I like that it rhymes. Do you just let it go like the little Asian girl, or what do you do? No, I just suffer. I keep it in. <laughs> I think that's probably normal. So you suffer? I do. I suffer. I hold it in, and then I end up burping, and then it just smells like Listerine. <laughs> so I'm setting up in the back of the 7-6. I think we was going to Munich, and I'm try to be respectful so everyone's out the borders out the other person's yes. helping the aisle and I thought I could sneak yes. one out yes. I sharded <laughs> nothing better than a snort <laughs>
investigate the 88 trip, and I'm flying the A. So I'm sitting on the front jump seat, and they're down back doing their service. The girls, and there's this. I'm not going to say her name, but you right. all know her. But she was on this domestic, happened to be on this domestic trip, and she's real sweet and everything. Well, I thought I had freedom to yes. to go, and I just, I burned a hole through the jump seat. I farted so bad. <laughs> I mean, you could see it hanging in the air. And next thing I know, she comes around the corner and sits down in the jump seat next to me. And I was like, oh. And all of a sudden, I see her eyes get big, and she puts her finger on her nose. <laughs> And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should just fess up or say, don't come over here. And every time I see her, I, she I just know, put one finger? She just went like this, put one finger on the side of her nose. She's like, so what's going on? Hey, lady, why you looking so sad? Did he promise you the moon and the stars? So I get home from Milan. You know, it's a long day. I'm tired, but I get here after commuting home. And first thing I usually do is uh, water the plants because they're parched because it's the summer and it's hot. So I get out there and water the plants. And uh, I'm uh, about to start making dinner. And I pick up my, I go to pick up my dish towel and a three inch frog jumps out. And I was like, Wah! <laughs> I mean, literally, it's the last thing. I wasn't expecting my dish towel to have a creature in it. I mean, it wasn't a small frog. It was like a, like a three-inch frog. You know, after I calmed down a little bit, because, you know, I'm not afraid of frogs. It's just you're not expecting your dish towel to be alive. So then, I, now I switch gears, and now I'm worried about the frog. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm so tired. How long is it going to take me to catch the frog to get him outside? You know, I just can't let him hang around inside and also um my complex they spray for um for bugs you know so if he stays in there he's probably gonna die because he'll eat whatever the they call them palmetto bugs but they're roaches whatever they eat and they get on their backs and die the poor frog will die too so i'm like okay okay and so i start saying um hey mr frog it's okay mr frog i literally i just came home from Milan and I'm singing to a frog but I wanted to I want him to be calm I know it probably doesn't work maybe it was for me too but I didn't want him to freak out I didn't want him to have a heart attack I like frogs you know I like wildlife so I'm like hey Mr. Frog I'm gonna try to take you outside Mr. Frog and so you could tell his heart's pounding literally you can really tell geckos do you can tell when they're like <gasps> so he jumps up on my paper towel holder which then is like a moving log and it flings him back down on the counter and I'm thinking oh my god he's he's gonna have a heart attack it's like a frog obstacle course in my my kitchen so then he jumps on my cappuccino machine and he, he's not going any further so okay I got I got a spatula and I got a bucket and I'm gonna try to get him to go in the bucket so I can run him outside and I can get back to making dinner and I'm again going hey Mr. Frog <laughs> It's okay, Mr. Frog. <laughs> I know it's ridiculous. I had watched something on uh, television in Europe. I don't know if it was on that particular trip, but there was a uh, guy who was trying to spend time with uh, lions in Africa, and he had this theory, and he had this big stick, but he didn't have a gun or anything, and he'd go up and go, uh, Nice lion. 
nice lion. <laughs> I swear that's what he was doing. So now I'm trying this theory <laughs> on my frog in my kitchen. Hey, Mr. Frog. <laughs> nice little frog. <laughs> I, I finally, I don't want to really, I was trying not to hurt him or scare him too bad. So I didn't want to nudge him too much with the spatula. But after a while, I mean, I was like, after like 20 minutes, I'm like, hey, Mr. Frog. <laughs> nice little frog. Finally, I did kind of scoot him with the spatula, and he was scared. Of course, he jumped. He jumped into the bucket. I got him outside, and at the end, I'm thinking, oh, thank God. The poor frog's okay. <laughs> it's like a little a little drama, and, you know, the last thing I was expecting coming home from a trip, that it had to be singing to a frog. Okay, it's my fiancé that was in, the, in Amsterdam, and... Uh, The hotel over there is haunted, and uh, so it's haunted. Yeah, it is haunted. And then uh, he he woke up at the middle of the night with this smell in the in the room. It was like very like a death body smell. And he was like, "What the heck is this?" He woke, he turned on the light and and start to pray because he knew the the fam of the hotel to be haunted. Actually, I didn't know that it, people said it was haunted. I saw you over there all the time. Actually, no, it's haunted. It's, it's, it's a part of the hotel because it was a, it was a mental hospital in the past. Yeah. It was a mental hospital, so a lot of people die and crazy. Crazy ones die there. So. And now, now the flight didn't stay there, the crazy flight the didn't. Crazy, crazy flight didn't. A couple ones died there, too. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so, and then he started to pray because he is like me. He's, oh, he started to pray. He started to pray because he is like me. He's very scared of this shit. Whoops. That's all right. And then, uh, uh, yes, the, the, the smell was gone. And out after of, he prayed. After he prayed. And then after the blue was a knock in all doors in the room. It was like, pa, pa, pa. In each door of the room, it was somebody like knocking. At the same time? No, not. No, no, it was like around Going the around. room, go around the room, and he was got get even more scared about that, and uh, pray again, start to pray again and pray Is he and like pray. Like on, on his knees, praying? No, no, he was praying with his. He didn't even dare to open his eyes, I believe, you know. So in São Paulo, they 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 knew they 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 shortly over there. So wait, that hotel's haunted too. These are a lot of haunted no, it's just hotels. One room. It's oh, one room. Oh, one room. Ten. 34, if I'm not wrong. Nobody wants to stay in this in this in this room. So this girl, this Brazilian girl, she was in the in the room, and then she said that she was between sleeping and wake. That that thing. And then uh, uh, what happened is she she felt the presence of somebody there, and she woke up have this guy there. There's a guy. Have a guy in there. And then in the, the room. In the room, and she she, she got scared, and she noticed that it was a was was a, was not a person, it was a, was a ghost. It was very very intense, very intense, and then she got scared. Uh, she started to pray too. She started to she, she started to pray started too. To pray, but she was praying my very serious, you know, for for his soul and stuff. And then he he came and he opened his and has a, a knife in his in his belly. It was awful. So she, she went down there, she left the room, she said, I'm not going to sleep here. She left the room and she went down to the lobby and said, I need another room. And 
you guys know why I need another room, yes? So the, the guy in the, in the front desk just did like, okay, I'll give another room without asking. And, she, and then, yes, and, and they told me, and then in the, another, another situation, she came and asked, what's going on in the room 1034? I, I'm never going to be in this room. I always be careful. 1034, it's a guy who was killed there with a knife. So, yeah. Because normally if you go down like to the hotel and say, there's a guy with a knife in my room, <laughs> you might think you're a little crazy. And I want to thank you guys who went to my website, BettyInTheSky.com, when you were going to buy something on Amazon. The highlights for things that people bought last month was a zombie hunter permit decal. A uh, portrait of Hollywood in the 40s. It's interesting. And a book on a book called Tokyo on Foot, Travel in the City's Most Colorful Neighborhoods. And that, that was striking my interest because I think next month I am going to go to Japan to see the uh, snow monkeys. They're Japanese macaques. You guys know I like I'm a sucker for monkeys. Do like I like me some monkeys. They're just so cute. And I love the pictures. Uh, lots of times, whenever there's wildlife photos, there's pictures of the snow monkeys because they have those red faces and white fur. And they uh, they live in a really cold climate, and they warm themselves in those natural hot tubs. It's just so interesting to see pictures of monkeys in hot tubs. So I want to see it for myself. And then there's a listener. I'm sorry, but it's so many... Years ago, they sent me a clip. It, you know, people send me things and kind of file it away for later. And when I was thinking about these snow monkeys, I was thinking, you know, remember that listener sent me an article about there's a bar in Japan. I have to look up where it is. <laughs> I'll find it, though, uh, where they have monkey waiters. And the uh, the monkeys bring you hot towels. They bring you drinks. They're only allowed to they're only allowed to work two hours a day. And you tip them in, in beans. <laughs> I read a little bit about it. And the owners, I think they were just pets. And they had a bar. And they saw the people giving the customers hot towels and drinks. And they were just sort of mimicking them. And then people started giving them food. So that kind of, you know, reinforced the behavior. And now they wear little outfits, little waiter outfits. <laughs> and they bring you drinks. You know, I got to see that. But I also want to do a quick update on the Amazon ads. Amazon has changed all their links. So there will be links on my old, if you're going through the back archives, so you're you're looking at old episodes, there will be Amazon links that don't work and they'll say they don't work. Uh, I can't fix those old, I can't figure out a way to, to get back in there. There's very limited thing I can do with the HTML. Uh, I, ca- I can't figure out how to get back to the old, old episodes and change those Amazon ads. But the current, my website, bettingthesky.com, has all the current links. And if you want to go there, you can just bookmark it so you don't have to go to my website anytime you want to buy something. And uh, if you do, it supports the show. And I really appreciate it. Thanks. Hmm. I just did a little more research on the snow monkeys in Japan, and I've read some things where it's not really an authentic experience. They lure them to the hot tubs with food, so it's more like a zoo. I haven't ruled it out, but now I don't know if I'm that excited about it. So 
uh, I might go somewhere else. Maybe Portugal. I don't know. I'll keep you updated, but I'm going to go somewhere in September. Well, I was on the cart, working the beverage service, and a gentleman right next to me uh, appeared to be uh, choking. He was choking a little bit, and he tried to get my attention. And when he got his attention, he swung his arm, and when he swung his arm, he hit me right in the private parts. Oh, my god! Yeah. And when he did that, I was, was like, well, I'd love to help you, but I really can't help you anymore now. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm incapacitated. So this is actually very rare. I hadn't seen it in years until this last trip, but uh, I was sitting on my jump seat and there was another guy, flight attendant, sitting next to me on his jump seat. And another girl, her, her jump seat was across from us. Uh, she was just standing there talking. And, you know, we're already strapped in and everything. And I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, she needs to sit down. But I also, you know, you also, you also really don't want to police your fellow flight attendants. You know, uh, she's not a passenger. She knows she's been flying for a long time. And I thought, well, you know, maybe, you know, She's going to sit here quickly. So then she goes and moves, and I'm thinking, okay, she's going to go sit down. But instead, she goes into the lavatory. And me and the guy are kind of looking at each other thinking, well, maybe she really has to go. You know, there are emergencies. You know, I don't know. And next thing you know, here we go, <laughs> starting to take off, and she's in the lab. And we were both looking at each other, me and the guy flight attendant. We were thinking we could, we could basically feel the wheels in her head turning, you know, do I come out and hurry up and try, try to sit down? Do I just, do I just stay in here? What do I do? <laughs> I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen somebody uh, not be in their jump seat, a flight attendant in years. Uh, the last time I, I had it happen, gosh, I was probably five, six years ago, I, we were all standing in the galley one time and this real Southern girl said, um, I hate to tell y'all, she says it so slow, you know, there are times when you can talk faster, even if you're from the South, when something happens, she's like, I hate to tell y'all, but we're about to take off, and we had to all, like, sprint, <laughs> we all, like, went running, dashing to our seats, well, so, here she is in the bathroom, so finally, she comes out, the passengers, actually, we were, like, our, our jump seats were sort of in a cross aisle, so the passengers really didn't see, so it's fine. Uh, you know, nobody was hurt. It's all fine. But we were laughing about it on the way home from Europe because we were saying, gosh, that hasn't happened for so long. And it's also weird how you can sense somebody's wheels turning in their head, like, what do I do? What do I do? So we're standing in the back alley, my seats in the back alley, and the other guy's seats in his back alley. And then the guy who had I'd been sitting next to, we were... We were all three laughing about this girl who had taken off in the lavatory on the way over to Europe. <laughs> and we're talking about something else. And next thing you know, all of a sudden, we're about to take off. And the guy who we, you know, we had been laughing at her. His seat is all the way like 20 rows up <laughs> at the three doors. And his eyes got wide. His mouth dropped open. And he ran like the Energizer Bunny. Like, I can't believe... <laughs> How fast he sprinted to that seat. And we were laughing so hard because what are the chances that it happens on the way over? We're laughing at her and it happens to him on the way back. <laughs> I fly with you, the sky with you. So 
So I got an email from a listener named Beth, and she said that she works in radio. And when our reporters are out in the field and can't get back to the studio, they will often record underneath a blanket in the bathroom of their hotel room. <laughs> so I'm actually trying this. I'm, I'm still in my closet, but I put a I decided to go with a beach towel. So I've got a beach towel over my head, and I don't know if you can tell the difference in the audio, but I will say, I do think it'd get a little hot. Oh, they needed a crew to head down to Ghana. So last night we were there, we're like, all right, well, let's go out. Like, you know, so there's six of us that go out from the hotel we call the cabs. And so two cabs come, there's six of us, and we go to their version of downtown, which was basically a bunch of sheds. So we find this place where... Did you say basically a bunch of sheds? Yes. So we go in this building, and there's this rooftop bar, you know, second floor. You know, surprised the building still stood, but, you know. So we go up there, have a few drinks, you know, and, you know, and, you know everybody's kind of ready to just go back to the hotel, cause, you know, it's, you know, it's a crowd. Like, who knows, you know, we're going to get kidnapped, well, you know. So we go downstairs, and the streets there, they're basically, you know, they're dirt. And so we see a cab. So I go and flag him down, you know, because, you know, a bunch of girls with us. It was me, just one other guy. So I flag down this cab, which was, I mean, it was like a Mazda Miata, basically. You know, that gives you, you know, the impression of how small it was. So I'm trying to tell the guy, hey, there's six of us, point of the group. You call one of your friends yeah, for, two for, for two cabs. And he's like, no, 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 just get in. And I was like, no, there's, there's six of us. Yeah. We're not children. Like, we're not going to fit. He's like, no, 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 just get in. I'm like, all right. So It's like how many people you can fit in a Volkswagen. Right. So, you know, he's in the driver's seat. So in the passenger seat up front, there's one of the guys and one of the girls sitting on his lap. Right. So then I get back right behind the driver's seat and two girls sit next to me. And one girl is basically sitting, you know, laying across the three of us in the back. So as I'm getting ready to close the door, I look outside and, like, the car's basically, you know, it's so low. Yeah, it's basically dragging. You can kind of feel that. So we're about halfway back to the hotel. And we're on the main highway back there. So I look up, look up. And there's these, like, two armored vehicles. I'm like, what the heck's going on? It was, you know, the, the Ghana, the, the military in Ghana, there's these, you know, the, these, uh, you know, roadblocks where they, they pull people over and they do checks and stuff. And I'll always remember, we got pulled over and there was five of these guys with these, you know, machine guns, basically. But is it the police or is it bad guys? It's like the military. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, the police are right. bad guys. You know, there's You're no sure? No, it doesn't matter. So I remember one of the guys, he looked in, you know, with his machine gun. And he's like looking, you know, scanning the entire vehicle. And then he looks at us. And I remember the exact words that he say. He goes, you are overloaded. Get out. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, we knew we were screwed at that point. And, you know, at this point, I'm thinking, like, does anybody have the number to the embassy? Because, I mean, these guys are going to shoot us or something. And so we're sitting there lined up right next to each other. So we wait there five minutes. And uh, we see the two guys still talking to the cab. And we're like, you know thinking what's going on what's going on and then all of a sudden we see the cab driver hand these guys a bunch of money oh. and all of a sudden is okay you're fine you can get back in you had to get back in the overloaded miata yes back in the <laughs> overloaded miata because you know paid off the army guys you know but at least hey we weren't getting shot 
You are overloaded. Yeah, we were definitely overloaded. <laughs> so I was working on the airplane yesterday and came across a girl on the beverage cart, and she had an eye mask on, and her eye mask said... I sleep with strangers. So I did a double take. The girl in the cart with me did a double take. And then it was, then there's like a little picture of a plane. And it's like, oh, yeah, I guess, you know, you do sleep with strangers on a plane. So we were still on that van going to London. It's a long drive. It's rush hour traffic in the morning. And uh, we were talking about the strange uh, flight attendants and pilots. And uh, this captain chimed in and he goes, oh, uh, you know, do you guys know Captain Yo-Yo? I'm like, Captain Yo-Yo? <laughs> My ears perked up like you wouldn't believe. I'm like, ooh, this is something new. I don't know anything about Captain Yo-Yo. He goes, yeah, there's this captain, and uh, he carries around two yo-yos, like on his layovers, and he has a harness, and he climbs trees on his layovers, and um, like he comes down, like if they go to happy hour or something, and he has two yo-yos strapped on his belt. And uh, this guy said to him, because they all thought it was strange. Now, granted, he's a good pilot, but you know, like his yo-yos. <laughs> so they were like, uh, so, um, I don't know his actual name. They were just calling him Captain Yo-Yo. They were like, oh, what, you know, what are the yo-yos for? And he goes, oh, it's, you know, to impress the ladies. And this pilot said, um, well, how many 12-year-old girls are on your crew? Okay, so I think you were, were you working like first class? On a domestic trip, yes. And we were doing pre-boarding, so we were doing the pre-departure beverages. And this really nice looking couple came on. This uh, gentleman looked like he was, you know, from Abercrombie & Fitch. Oh, yeah. Uh, Really uh, beautiful striped sweater. And then the lady traveling with him. Uh, was very well dressed and and I came up and asked him what they wanted to drink and he asked what kind of gin I said and and it wasn't a brand that he liked so um, he goes no thanks he goes I don't drink that and I said well can I get something else that you like and he says I doubt that and and I started to walk away and I turned around and I looked at him and I go has anyone told you that you have a chip on your shoulder really and he goes, I beg your pardon? And I had just noticed out of the corner of my eye, and I thought, I'm going to run to this, because this is a once-in-a-lifetime chance. And I said, you've got a real chip on your shoulder. I said, I don't believe no one's told you. And he goes, and he was just ready to just, like... Hit you. Just, yes, just about, I think. And I reached over... And he had been eating potato chips, and there was a small crumb. There was a chip on his shoulder. And I said, you have a potato chip on your shoulder. And I said, I can't believe no one's told you. And he goes, oh, thank you. And I, and I, and I started to walk away, and I turned, turned back around, and I go, did you think I meant something else? <laughs> that would never happen again. Never, 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 never. is a little audio clip that I got from a listener named Nadia in South Korea. Happy 10th podcasting birthday, Betty in the Sky with the Suitcase. Well, that was a surprise to me. You know what? She's right. I think it has been 10 years. I guess it is. 
my 10-year podcasting anniversary. Uh, I'm glad Nadia is paying attention. I've been saying nine years, but you know, I don't really ever notice when you know the year turns over. But yeah, 10 years. Who would have thought? 10 years of podcasting. Uh, podcasting still seems relatively new to me. A lot of people still, I still have to explain to some people, you know, it's like a radio show on the internet. People listen on their iPods. I do that's what I say to people still after 10 years. But I also was thinking uh, when Nadia reminded me it's 10 years of podcasting, when I made my first episode, uh, I did think to myself, I remember finishing the first episode and I uh, still in contact with Joe Dion. And I, I remember going to bed that night thinking, you know, that felt good. Making that podcast, completing it, you know, it's like a creative outlet. Uh, I remember thinking, I don't know if anybody's ever going to listen to this. <laughs> but I liked it. And, you know, I've always had a sort of creative outlet. Before this, I did, uh, I had a mosaic tile business where I made flower pots and picture frames and tables. Um, and then uh, after that, I did a, uh, I used to go around to yard sales in LA and buy like, vintage items and sell it on eBay. I always had to have like some little creative outlet. And uh, this one, you know, sort of took. And I just want to thank all of you because, you know, I guess if I had been doing this after like uh, (laughs) three years of putting podcasts out there and nobody listened to it, (laughs) I don't think I would have made it to 10 years. So thank you very much. And uh, I don't don't know if we'll have another 10 years, but we'll see. This is the second little segment I'm trying in my closet with the beach towel over my head. And I have to say, I think maybe it does sound better. Uh, This might be a new thing, except for I thought it was weird that I recorded the podcast in the closet. Now be in the closet with a uh, beach towel over my head. Anyway, I was flying with this very cute flight attendant. She's been flying a long time, but she's like full of energy. Actually, um, I, I don't know if I told you guys, but I made that uh, top 10 podcast of all times in, the, in this British newspaper. It was very exciting. This a couple months ago, uh, I was thrilled, made my day, and uh, who would have ever thought? Anyway, they called me sprightly. <laughs> which I'd never really heard before, I looked up. And actually, this other flight attendant, I think you could definitely call her sprightly. But she had this laugh, this contagious, loud, ridiculously funny laugh. And I recorded it. on the beverage cart and who knows what I'd be on the other side of the plane so she'd be on the beverage cart on the other aisle and I'd be on the other side and who knows what the passenger said or what the other flight attendant said but we would just hear this We laugh 
laughed so much on that trip because all she, all you have to do is hear that laugh, and you can't help it. You have to laugh. So I was excited I could record it, and then it'd be like oh, this was the same trip where the guy said, uh, and she started to look at the passengers. Wow, don't you release gases? Don't you release gases? That's a physiological thing, all right? Don't you release gases? <laughs> So earlier when I was singing to my frog, hey, Mr. Frog, nice, Mr. Frog, I thought to myself when I listened to uh, the podcast clip back, I was like, hey, I wonder why I assumed it was a mister, you know? I'm sure they're girl frogs, but to me, I think frogs just look like men. (laughs) Well, anyway, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. 10 years, thank you so much, and hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks, bye. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.